Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjord, and today on our show we will be talking with serial entrepreneur Tyler Olson about his social media agency, SMC Pros. Since this is the first episode of Fjordcast, I'll do a brief introduction. Fjordcast is a podcast covering advertising news and agency insiders. Tyler Olson is our first agency insider. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here today. So Tyler, tell us a little bit about SMC Pros. When were you founded? Yeah, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started a number of businesses since about the age of 12. I'm 30 years old today, and SMC Pros, we started back in 2009 because we saw a bigger, better opportunity in the social media space. I used to own an IT business right before this company, and we had some good growth fixing people's computers, but we also did some web and social media projects, and actually our largest client ever with that business was in social media, and I thought, you know... It's only a matter of time before businesses and brands realize that they can generate new business with social media. And I want to make sure that my company is the most respected social media agency around and, and, and be able to help those companies with that need as they, as they grew. And so we started SMC Pros, and of course with the typical entrepreneur story, we had to modify the business plan a few times. And uh, it started as a business to do Facebook classes across the country, which turned out to have less demand than just consulting with businesses and help doing the social media campaigns for them. And so now we just hit our seventh year company anniversary party a few weeks ago and excited about uh, where the future can take us. But we're essentially a social media agency and we help many businesses and brands figure out strategically what they should do with the Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter type tools of the world and help them generate more business. What kind of companies do you guys work with? You know, we primarily partner with marketing and advertising agencies to essentially become their social media division and or augment uh, a social media team that they've built so far. Oh, how'd you come across that niche? We found that, especially now in 2016, most businesses realize that there is some level of social media that will help their cause, whether it's from a customer service standpoint, it's lead generation for a B2B company, or it's, it's e-commerce uh, traffic, driving sales through an e-commerce site. And as we look towards growing our business, we uh, happened to come across an agency partnership a few years back that uh, pulled us into probably 20 or 30 different clients. And we thought, well, if they're willing to fully partner with us and send us all of their social media work, and it's, there's a lot of work to be, to be done, uh, I'll bet that other, social, other marketing agencies will have the same need. And so the past uh, probably two years or so, we've uh, uh, exclusively focused on growing our business through partnerships with marketing advertising agencies. And uh, we've been able to help win many awards for their clients, help them grow their revenue, uh, help simply take care of a very important new concept in, in the marketing world. What is the coolest thing your agency has ever done? 
You know, I'm I'm really proud this year that we uh, we just won top fifty best places to work in Minnesota, which I saw that you guys did as well, Tim. And and congrats on that. So we're both uh, congrats to you as well. <laughs> yes, very cool. It, it was a ton of fun. Uh, it's a source of pride to have a uh, a company where uh, the team enjoys working with our clients and and the culture that we've built. We've got. Uh, Nerf guns for everybody, and we have fun team outings, and it's it's just a blast. I'm glad that uh, we're building a culture that, that people uh, enjoy and are proud of. What's the next big step for SMC Pros? You know, I think it's focus on continued growth. You know, we're actually looking towards building out a, a, a new sales team this year, so uh, uh, to figure out ways to grow faster, and so we've got some ideas of who those people might be and we need the business to be more than just about me growing the business so we're working towards working on the business and and bringing on a sales team to help us grow and I'm excited about what the future holds Uh, I think we've got some good growth potential there's a lot of businesses and brands needing social media help and we want to be the team that uh, helps take care of it for them if you had one next step for building your sales organization what would that be What's the next step? You know, I'm actually in real time right now, this week, this month, focusing time and energies on building out our sales processes. You know, I've been doing them now myself for six, seven years. We had a couple salespeople at one point, but as we look towards really focusing on building out a sales team that can grow, I want to make sure that uh, all of the questions that our clients typically ask, that we've got answers mapped up for them, that we've got our proposal templates uh, in queue, ready to go. We, we've got all the resources a salesperson would need uh, uh, yeah, in, in easy ways to find and, and really every step of the process fully mapped out. So I'm working on that literally as we speak this month, this quarter, as we look towards starting to recruit um, and hire salespeople later this year. And we're likely going to focus on salespeople who, are, who have agency experience. Uh, uh, people who have sold to marketing agencies before, likely marketing services, uh, because we want to make sure that we maximize our chance to truly help our clients the way that um, they want to be served and, and, and know how to work. It really sounds like the um, biggest, biggest thing for you guys scaling your sales organization has been building an organization that is scalable. Um, can you talk a little bit about the processes that you have outside of your sales organization? Yes, we've uh, we've really mapped out the processes for uh, pretty much every element of our service, and that's helped make it easier for us to succeed for our clients. So whether it's from the community management side of managing hundreds of social media profiles, if not potentially thousands of social media profiles for our clients, we think about the uh, A-B testing process that we use for our social advertising campaigns to test which ad types are working the best, which demographics, and how we choose which ads to continue to move forward with. Um, The reports that we build, reports used to take us you know, five to 10 hours a month to build each report for each client. Now we've got that entire process automated. And so I'm really excited about a lot of the automation and efficiencies we built on the operations side of the company. And it's really, it's time to get our company to grow and kick into high gear. And what makes you guys successful? What makes us successful? (laughs) There's a lot of right answers to that question. Um, I think it's not only having 
uh, quality people on staff, people who are really good at social ads, at content creation, at ideation, at social strategy, all the key elements that we would need in a social media agency. Uh, but then it's also around the processes related to that. So our A-B testing process that we use uh, when we find that we uh, continually test and help build the philosophy of, of testing our campaigns with our clients, uh, we see success over time. We've got this philosophy that our 10th idea is always better than our first idea. It's all about trying different types of campaigns and seeing what works. So typically at the front end of working with a client, we're running lots of different types of campaigns sim simultaneously. And then what we do is we measure which ones are working the best. And so then we pour more energy into ones that are working well and find smaller variations off of those campaigns to do further tests and then cut off the ones that aren't working. And by building a, the right relationship with our clients up front and helping them understand that we expect certain elements of our campaign to fail, we just don't know which ones they're going to be, and then it's all about that testing process that we're then going to use together, uh, it really works out well long term. Can you give us a little insight to as you're presenting to a new prospective client? So when you present that you don't necessarily know the answers going in, but you're going to test things and adapt over time, and they'll see value over time rather than up front. That's a great question. I find that overemphasizing the mathematical models, the data-driven approach to digital marketing, and walk through the reasons why that approach builds success faster is is a win-win for everybody. And uh, so we walk through what that looks like. We walk through what that feels like. I try to give as much of a experience in advance of even working with us as we can possibly give so that they can see you know, with, with uh, our clients how this works. So we've got a client we do a lot of work with called Renewal by Anderson. They're one of the largest window replacement companies in the country. And uh, you know, our, our first – we actually uh, we're doing work for about 12 different regions for them. They've got about 120 regions across the country. And as we outlined with them ahead of time and as we experienced in our first couple months and our first week, we generated leads for them at – I'm going to make up a number because I don't have it in front of me – but $1,000 per lead, which is well higher than they wanted it to be. In week two, after some further tests, we dropped it down to $600 per lead. In week three, we got it down to $300 per week lead. In week four, it was down to 200 And by the end of – Basically, week eight, and now we're approaching uh, week 12. We're down to about 90, I think it's actually $87 per lead right now for Renewal by Anderson. And their key metric is to get under $500 per lead. And as long as they get under $500 per lead, they're going to invest dollars into whatever marketing generates that result. And so we're at the point now that we're generating results at a far better expectation than they were even expecting themselves. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that campaign goes. And as we continue to increase the quality of those leads that we're generating, we're also mapping out not only you know the cost per lead, but the cost per new customer. So they've got tracking systems built in-house where we can track what percentage of those leads turn into new customers, how much revenue they're buying, how much margin they're buying. When we get that level of math and ROI capabilities, that's where we shine. Those are the kinds of clients that we find the greatest success with because uh, we're going to continue to adapt and test and monitor to driving sales. Everybody in our company is motivated by results. And by taking that approach, um, again, we find success um, running, I mean, when our first week of our campaign, we probably ran a uh, hundred different types of ads. 
Um, and now we're running less than 10 because we know the 10 that are working the best out of the initial 100. We're continually doing 10 because we're doing tests across uh, a very particular focus of a type of ad and a type of demographic and a type of message that's working really well. And so I'm optimistic we'll continue to drop the uh, lead acquisition cost while also improving the quality of those leads long term. So it's a ton of fun to to be seeing that level of success for our clients. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we will be talking about what makes SMC Pro successful. Don't go away. George Cast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Cranberry, Cranberry Radio. We're everywhere. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and we are here with Tyler Olson of SMC Pros. So you mentioned, Tyler, that the acquisition cost was about 20% of the client's expectations. Are they seeing similar value to those leads as leads coming from other channels? It's getting close. That's the next metric that we're focused on. Now that we've got the quantity, we're continuing to focus on the quality of those leads. So it took uh, just a couple months to go from $1,000 per lead down to about $87 or $90 per lead. The lead quality, to be perfectly transparent, is not as good as some other forms of marketing as they have today. And now our goal is to figure out how do we not only match but then exceed that level of quality. So even though we're you know, uh, greatly exceeding the expectations overall as well as greatly exceeding the uh, dollar value per lead, I have a personal goal of, um, and the company has a goal of of continuing to improve that quality of leads. So, if we can exceed the quality of leads of their greatest campaigns they run and have a better lead acquisition cost, we become the most valuable marketing resource for a very large company, and that is the position we want to be positioned in for our client. Can you give us some general advice on how to do digital marketing and advertising well? Yes, I can. There's a lot of good ways to answer that question, and uh, I'll I'll do my best here. I I find that many of our clients underinvest both time, energy, and money into 
building a strategic plan before they get involved into almost any form of marketing campaign, but especially in social. A lot of businesses today are simply finding a, a social media intern to build their Facebook account and manage their social media presence and doing community management for them. And I find that even though the people who tend to be good at social media tend to be young, but it's not just every young person who's good at social media. You know, Just because somebody says that they're on Facebook and they know it well and that they've been watching YouTube videos for years does not make them great at social media marketing. And so what we try to do is we find the people who are very experienced in building large, successful social media campaigns. So when we look for people that we hire – we want to see people who've got experience going from you know building a Facebook presence from zero to a hundred thousand or a half a million likes on Facebook, finding engagement rates you know more than just five or ten or twenty likes, comments, and shares, but finding people who've truly built a an engaging community with potentially thousands of people liking, commenting, and sharing on every single post. And I find that there's different, very different levels of talent in social media. Fortunately, we've been doing this as a business long enough where we know what to look for. We know what to look for in terms of a culture fit for the people in our company. We know what to look for in terms of of the caliber of experience um, at every stage. So community management, ad buying, uh, uh, analytics, strategy, every element of that goes into social media campaigns. So. Uh, in, investing more time energy into the strategic planning, finding the right team to help build that success, studying the case studies and experiences of those people, and really finding a team that you're comfortable handing it off to and getting you know your weekly or monthly reports from uh, and knowing what those KPIs are that you want them to be tracking. Some business owners and some marketing leaders – Still today, I, I find it sad to say, you know what? It's social media. I'll never understand it. As long as it's being done, it's good enough. And that's the wrong approach with social. As a business leader, you'll be able to understand the important metrics. If it's not building awareness in front of your target audience, if it's not building true engagement, if it's not building uh, revenue, leads, or sales in a trackable way – it likely isn't the right social media plan. It's not the right social media person or team because in today's world, almost every type of business is able to see those kinds of results in social for their campaigns. And those are the same metrics you'd apply to TV ads, to radio ads, to brochures, direct mail, whatever else you may be doing for your clients um, or your business. And so uh, social is really uh, – you've got to think about it that way as well in social media. Does SMC Pros ever collaborate with in-house media staff? Absolutely. It's actually it's extremely common and, and ironically enough, a preferred choice for us. Uh, so probably 90% uh, – that might be an exaggeration. It's probably 70 to 90% of our clients have somebody managing social media in-house that we partner with. And I find that that helps a lot because – you know, if we're running a campaign for somebody and uh, somebody asks us a really detailed question, not only do we not likely know the answer to that question, it's going to be challenging for us to quickly get a hold of that person. And so around the community management piece, 
we find that partnering with somebody internally and helping provide the tools and training necessary to help them succeed is a really important step. And so we'll help do the strategy. We'll help do the optimization and the training, providing the tools and processes and managing the ads and analytics, and then letting somebody else do the day-to-day posting in-house. We find that's the best form of partnership. Can you compare and contrast the business-to-business engagement to a business-to-consumer engagement and the success metrics that go with it? Yes, they're very different. So, and, and people don't expect this, but just over half of our clients are B2B. And, and, and people often ex- would expect something very different because uh, they tend to believe that B2B just has a lot less opportunity in social media. And I find the opposite is actually the case. We find that it's easier and faster to build ROI on B2B campaigns than B2C. I mean, so for example, if a client, B2B client generates an average sale of $50,000 or $100,000, if I help influence or provide one new customer at $100,000, it's worth a lot more people than drive, a lot more in terms of return than, than bringing 1,000 people into a restaurant uh, because restaurant margins are so incredibly low as many B2C companies tend to be. And so the campaigns are very different. On the B2B side, we're doing a lot more LinkedIn-type campaigns that involve LinkedIn outreach management, so actually uh, managing the LinkedIn profiles on behalf of sales teams. You know, LinkedIn ads, potentially super targeted Facebook ads that maybe even just targeted to the email address list out of their CRM system. Uh, so we can get uh, extremely granular and targeted with those campaigns. On the B2C side, we may do... Um, look-alike campaigns. We may be doing a lot more Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest uh, uh, type campaigns. You know, B2B is more LinkedIn and, and YouTube and uh, maybe Twitter and, and, and Facebook if, if for the right opportunities. So they're very different, the approach, the messaging strategies, the services you provide, but we've got success in case studies and awards in, on both sides. We need to take another break. But when we come back, we'll, we will be talking about Twitter live streaming and the U.S. Olympic Committee. Don't go away. Fjordcast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com. And join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with Ezoic. That's EZOIC.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm. 
Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with GeorgeCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to GeorgeCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, here with Tyler Olson of SMC Pros. Any thoughts on Twitter and its direction after the live streaming edition? Yes, and I have several contrasting thoughts. You know, it's interesting. I I also invest uh, into the the stock market a bit, and I watch Twitter's stock continue to tumble. Twitter has to do something to turn itself around from a valuation perspective, and they know it. And so fortunately, they're building lots of new tools into their platform to entice more advertisers, to entice users to use the platform more frequently, and just to entice more users in general. And unfortunately, with lots of the uh, upgrades and tools they've come out with over the last 12 or 24 months, they've seen very little impact on on revenue growth as well as user growth um, on on every key metric. So I'm not too optimistic that this is going to be a game changer for Twitter, like Adweek mentions. However, it's some really cool technology they've got. And the live streaming of video through Twitter, and we also see that becoming prevalent across Facebook and YouTube and other platforms, I think is going to change a lot about how people consume content today. I think we're going to, in the relatively near future, uh, uh, get used to watching football and hockey and uh, the Olympics uh, on on our TV, not through a cable subscription, but through our Facebook account or through our YouTube account or through Twitter accounts. And so we're going to see more integration into TV, onto other devices where uh, uh, video watching, and more importantly, the, in- the social interaction around video to be easier and, and more effective for everybody. So I'm excited about that future, although I'm not too optimistic about this specific piece. So we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting future. Right. Yes or no answer. Will live streaming save Twitter? No. (laughs) What will its impact be on advertisers? It will give us a new ad type, a new level of targeting that I'm excited about, that you'll see more advertisers with greater targeting abilities, and that's a good thing. Uh, We'll see how it plays out. Any thoughts on the Olympic Committee's trademarks and their impact on social media? You know, I'm not surprised, frankly. I I think that we're going to see a, a substantially increasing amount of case law being developed around social media, whether it's relating to trademarks, as is the case here with the Olympics, although I think that their outcome, their solution is, is not the right one for them long term. It's only going to hurt them. But we're also going to see in other areas. I was actually just called in to be an expert witness for a case involving a restraining order and social media's impact on a violation of a restraining order. We actually just had a big win announced this week in the Minnesota Lawyer magazine where a woman was able to uh, extend a restraining order by 20 years because of, 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 of social media resulting in direct contact in violation of that restraining order. So uh, we're going to see more cases, more case law, more best practices being developed. I think the Olympics are wrong in this case, but I'm not surprised, frankly. It's, it's technically their right uh, to, to say this today, and uh, unfortunately, they're only going to hurt themselves. So that second case you mentioned, Tyler, that was a person who had a restraining order and had mentioned the person they had a restraining order against them for on Twitter, and that touch was deemed to be in violation of the restraining order? 
Yes. So a woman had a restraining order on, on a man, and uh, in his own quote, he said, I, I can't help myself but tweet to her, <laughs> which I found funny and ironic. And then he also used it as a First Amendment conversation where he said, you know, I have the right to say whatever I want, anywhere I want. And even though the court upheld that concept, which is a First Amendment right, they said, you know, you're, you can't at mention someone because then the, the experience to that person is your phone vibrating, you're getting a notification, other people potentially seeing that tweet. That, that's a violation of, of their specific restraining order, which I think is the right outcome. So we got a big win with that, and uh, this was a new concept where there isn't any precedence on it in case law. So there's a lot more to be had there. That's Absolutely. it for FjordCast. I'm Tim Barsmith of Fjorge, and we were with Tyler Olson of SMC Pros. You can find them at smcpros.com. Thank you for joining FjorgeCast. You can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 